are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Friday final show of the week. We got a lot to cover today. We got a lot to cover next week. So let's just kind of dive into it. Uh, we're going to talk about two players in today's show. We're going to look at Brandon Ingram, and then we're going to look at Lonzo Ball and tangentially Drew Holiday from that. That's going to be in the second and third segment. What are things going to look like under Stan Van Gundy form? He's given us a bit of a preview going on various podcasts this past offseason and summer. Uh, so what does he think of the team? How might he use some of these guys differently? And I'll let you know, particularly with Ingram and Lonzo Ball, I think are the two that could see biggest changes. Before all of that, though, I do want to get into some of maybe the potential pitfalls of hiring Stan Van Gundy. I like this hire, as I've said, but it doesn't mean it's perfect. There are some concerns that people have mentioned that I have as well, and I want to get into those a little bit. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So yes, there are negatives to hiring Stan Van Gundy. I like this hire. Again, I would have been high, like happy with anyone not named Jason Kidd, pretty much, if you look at some of the big names out there. I don't know if I would have been as thrilled about Will Weaver. Some other people would have, too. But overall, if you had hired Darvin Ham, Wes Unsell Jr., you could go Ty Lu, you could go on Doc Rivers, you could go on and on and on about some of these names. I would have been very happy with any of those, just like I'm happy with Stan Van Gundy's. However... There are negatives to this. This isn't just the slam dunk home run hire that could not have be more perfect for New Orleans. I don't know if that person actually existed. And I'm going to shoot you straight here and say there, there are some things to kind of be concerned about. First and foremost is partially his age. He's an older coach compared to some others around the league. And when you're trying to have a team, he's 61 years old, when you have a team that's filled with 21, 22, 23-year-olds, it can be tough to build a connection between those two. And that's where a lot of teams like to go with former players or have those guys on the roster just because of shared experiences that even if there's a 20-year age gap right there, 30-year age gap even, you at least have that shared experience of playing in the league and kind of going through a lot of the similar things that these players are going to through. That doesn't mean that Stan Van Gundy can't create a connection with those players, but to be honest, age is somewhat of a concern when it comes to this sort of thing. I'm not worried about him getting burnt out or retiring anytime soon. And we'll, in fact, get into part of something about that here in a second. But it's a concern about the age, I think, to a small, small degree. So, again, this isn't the most perfect hire that New Orleans could have made. I'm not going to just sell it to sell it. I do like it, though, as I've said and as you heard me talk about yesterday. The other thing is... For a guy that's fairly a big personality that is not scared to kind of get in players' faces, that message wears off after a period of time. You're looking at a guy who maybe is only going to have the most efficient, effective time with the players for the first four years here, five years, which, to be fair, is not necessarily a knock on him. Coaches in the NBA don't have shelf lives of 10-plus years. Almost, It's rare. You've Rick Carlisle. You have Popovich, you have Spolstra. It's really kind of it. Other guys aren't tenured all of that long. When you start to get four or five years in the NBA with one team, you've been there for a long time. 
it's not like the NFL where sometimes you stick with your coach for as long as possible, all of Sean Payton. You tend to burn through coaches pretty often if you don't think you have the right one because it's such a personality dynamic based kind of thing that the second you lose that locker room or the message starts to become stale, you you need to move on. Stan Van Gundy being more of a yeller than Alvin Gentry was going to hold players accountable and kind of get into them a little bit. That wears off after a while. Think about it. If, if your boss at work is just always mean to you and always yelling at you, let's say, and you're not good enough and all of that stuff. Yeah, in the beginning, it's going to motivate you because you're worried about your job. But when you don't get fired and this happens for multiple years, the yelling just becomes the norm and you start to tune it out and it doesn't nearly as motivate you as much anymore. If anything, it kind of annoys you and grates on you and makes you want to quit. You do risk some potential of that happening here. Now, if that's in year four, five, and it's time to move on from Stan Van Gundy, that's probably fine because ideally he would have gotten you enough respectability during that time that you are looking for that head coach with a new voice to bring in that's going to motivate the players even further and then take them to another level than they've already been, further in the playoffs or winning a title than they've done so far. And I think that is a fine situation to be in. You're not always looking for that forever head coach. So... Again, it, it's a concern, and if that wears off quicker, sooner rather than later, that can definitely be a problem, and some players don't respond to that, but also might mean you need to change the players a little bit. But I think what Stan Van Gundy has kind of set out here is that, yeah, you know, he has looked around the league to see what works, and I think that is a big thing, as I've said, that I like in him coming in here, that he's worked in TV, has kind of seen what works and what doesn't, and is hopefully able to adapt a lot of that. And in the press release that the Pelicans sent out yesterday, David Griffin lauded Stan Van Gundy's ability to build personal connections. And that should ease some of the concerns, both about the age thing that I just mentioned and about the fact that the message might get kind of lost if you're just a bit of a screamer, which I don't think he's just like a screaming coach, but there's some more to him than that than there was with Alvin Gentry. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. But overall, those are kind of my biggest concerns with him. And They're not huge concerns, but I don't want to paint this as like the most unbelievable best head coaching hire that the Pelicans could have made. So we'll get into Lonzo Ball next and then in the third segment into Brandon Ingram and what things likely look for them under new head coach Dan Van Gundy. Before we get to that, though, today's show is brought to you by Built Go. It's easy to feel very burnt out right now, whether it's me trying to do my show prep and talking about the same thing over and over again, which I enjoy doing, but sometimes it's just tough to motivate yourself to kind of get into that, whether it's having sat at a desk and in a chair all morning and then realizing it's noon and having not gotten up before. I don't know if I actually want to get up and work out or maybe I can just take a nap during lunch. You know, there's walls you've got to break through and it's always important to kind of think about what those walls are. Well, Built Go is the healthy replacement for your energy drink, but the energy isn't fake, it's lasting, it's natural, and it's here to help you break through those walls. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it with Built Go every single day. They're energy gel pouches, 1.5 ounce packages that you can throw in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever, your golf bag to power through the back nine, just keep on you throughout the day to try and make the most of it and to break through any wall that comes up. Built Go is the best workout gel, energy gel out there on the market. It's like a five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for the body. It's like drinking a Monster Energy drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. It comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, or chocolate, mint. 
Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein, and collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into my system quicker. Plus, Built Go is loaded with good stuff to ignite my work. B3, a little bit of caffeine, B6, B12, they got tons of good stuff in there. And that collagen gel promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. Stuff literally makes you look better. So go to BuiltGo.com, use promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Whether you're a new listener who tuned in for the first time to hear the Emergency Stan Van Gundy podcast, or you're a longtime listener who's been with me through 800 plus episodes of the show here, I appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to Locked on Pelicans. It was fun to cover a new coach. It's going to be fun to cover a new coach for the next couple of weeks, too. So make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast from here Monday through Friday for you all. No paywall, just quality basketball and Pelicans talk wherever you get your podcasts. So with new coach Stan Van Gundy coming in, he has been working in the media for the past couple of years now and has kind of given some insight into how he views this roster and likely why he was interested in the job in the first place, having tweeted out a couple of times about how young they are, how talented they are, and that the future is very bright here in New Orleans. So I think I kind of like that a little bit, obviously. I'm sure he likes that too, coming here to New Orleans. He's also been on various podcasts talking about some of the players. And I think when you look at what to expect for next season, some of these guys are going to have fairly significant role changes to some degree. The first and foremost might be Lonzo Ball. On the Low Post podcast with Zach Lowe of ESPN, Stan Van Gundy talked about uh, Lonzo Ball and how, you know what, he's great in transition, but isn't really a a half-court point guard. We've all known this. He lacks the aggression. He doesn't drive. He doesn't attack. This has been a thing since the second they traded for him that we've been pounding out here on the show, even before that too. It's just lacking aggression in the half court can make him very one-dimensional and really limits the offense for the Pelicans when they've slowed down. So how do you use him then? Well, first and foremost, I think they're going to still try and run a good bit. I think Stan Van Gundy mentioned that Lonzo Ball is great in transition and wants to see Lonzo Ball running out there in transition, using his length. He's a good rebounder, getting that rebound and going and not giving the defense a chance to get back and get set whatsoever after a miss. Now, of course, you need to force a miss to be able to get out and transition like this and run and grab a defensive board, something the Pelicans didn't do a great job of. So I don't think you'll see as heavy of a focus on transition, but it'll still be there. So Lonzo can still work really, really well in that role. It's in the half court what happens. And this is going to tie into Brandon Ingram, the next player that we're going to talk about. We'll talk about Zion on Monday. We'll also talk about Drew Holiday on Monday. One of the questions I've been asked is, does Stan Van, Gun- does Stan Van Gundy hiring make it less likely that Drew Holiday would be traded. I actually have an answer to that. It might not be what you're expecting. But for Lonzo Ball in the half court, they've got to find a different way to use him. And I think Stan Van Gundy realizes he's not necessarily the primary creator, the primary initiator because of that lack of aggression and that teams aren't going to commit an extra man down low, which in turn means they can clamp down on shooters on the perimeter. So what's Lonzo's role in the half court then, right? Well, good thing is he worked on his three-point shot and he's a very credible three-point shooter. As long as he's not doing those step backs, I think it's a good thing. But overall, 
He's a good catch-and-shoot three-point shooter. He shot 41% on catch-and-shoot threes last season, 38.5% on above-the-break threes. He's not a great corner three shooter. Only, Well, he's not bad, but it's not good. It's 37.6% from there. But he does have some court gravity now. Teams do go out and try and cover him on the three-point line, meaning maybe you need to start looking at him as an off-ball catch-and-shoot three-point specialist in a weird way, similar-ish to what J.J. Reddick's role might be, but more stationary, I think, because when you look at his off-ball movement, it's not great. He does not uh, cut an absolute ton and move well off-ball. Now, he's never been asked to, so you've got to kind of keep that in mind. When you look at just cuts for him, according to the NBA.com slash stat site, it only accounted for, where is it? I just lost it, 2.2% of his offense. That's it. 2.2% of it. He averaged point, uh, 1.1 points per possession there, which off a cut is kind of low. It put him not in a good spot. He's in the 22nd percentile in the NBA. Can he improve that? Maybe. That's what's going to be on Stan Van Gundy to really try and figure out if you can get him working kind of in a Drew Holiday kind of role, that hybrid of ball handler at times, but working a little bit better off ball and using off ball movement to find and hunt open shots. That could be kind of the way to do it. Coming off of screens, Lonzo Ball was a little bit better. It wasn't a lot of his offense last season, 3.2%, but he's in the 49th percentile and he's got the highest E field goal percentage off of the team off of screens at 58.7%. That's not bad. Running him through screens like J.J. Reddick could absolutely be the way to go, particularly if his shot continues to improve. But finding ways to make him a useful player in the half court is going to be very important. And from what he said, it doesn't sound like that's a point guard in the half court. So learning from a guy like Drew Holiday, like a J.J. Reddick, and kind of using that as his role might be what the Pelicans look to try and do as they share some of the ball handling duties around a little bit more. Obviously, that means that Drew Holiday might go back to being more of a point guard if he's here next season than he was in the past couple of years, or maybe they look to add one in free agency. Lonzo Ball, by the way, off of uh, dribble handoffs, 4% of his offense, 63rd percentile. So it's getting a little bit better, but it's not particularly great. Getting him to be a better off-ball play, player and finding ways to score that way with its jump shot or three-point shot, I think is going to have to be the way to get him involved if you don't plan on putting the ball in his hands. Um, and you don't want him to just simply be a catch-and-shoot guy. Just standing stationary on the three-point line, though he'll have some gravity and he bombed away last season. Maybe not the most efficient, effective use of Lonzo Ball. So there's got to be a way to use him off ball more as a bit of a secondary creator rather than the primary creator. So Drew Holiday gets the ball in his hands more, but the next guy that's going to get the ball in his hands more, the one that I'm most excited about is going to be Brandon Ingram. Could I interest anybody here in point forward Brandon Ingram? Let's discuss it in the next segment. Don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from, whether you're a new listener, whether you're a long-time listener. I appreciate you taking time out of your day to be here with me. It's going to be a lot of fun as we cover Stan Van Gundy and the new look-ish Pelicans next season, so subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. So wrapping up today's show, let's look at Brandon Ingram, his role under Stan Van Gundy next season. So we mentioned that 
you're likely to see Lonzo Ball's kind of point guard duties, ball handler duties, initiator duties go down a little bit. So someone needs to pick up that slack. I think some of it will be Drew Holiday, but he's made it very clear how he's best used, and we've kind of seen it. It's not as a pure point guard. It's more as an off-ball combo guard, primarily a two-guard. So could you run a chunk of the offense through Brandon Ingram? And when you look at Stan Van Gundy's offenses and different things that they've done, they tend to run a lot of high pick and roll. So I wanted to see how Brandon Ingram operated in the pick and roll. The good news is it's not bad. It's not amazing. And there's a lot of room to grow for him, I think. So Brandon Ingram in the pick and roll as the ball handler last year. So someone said in screen for him, 23.3% of his offense is about six possessions per game. He scored 0.9 points per possession on that. Not great, but it's not horrible either. And that puts him in the 65th percentile. So there's a large enough sample size, I think, on this that you can kind of get an idea of how it would go. The only the main issue that he has in the pick and roll is he turns the ball over a little bit too much. 18% of the time, so basically one out of every five pick and rolls is going to lead with a is going to end with a Brandon Ingram turnover. If he can cut that number down, that efficiency is going to rise dramatically and he could become a pretty good player in the pick and roll. He's not a bad passer. Like he really isn't. And we've seen him kind of show flashes of it. He ran some point forward stuff with the Lakers before coming over to New Orleans. We've seen him do it in transition in particular here as well, that he can move the rock a a pretty good bit. Last season, he averaged 4.2 assists. You're verging on some secondary creator stuff if that's the, those are the numbers you put up. And when you look at his playmaking in the bball-index.com, go there, subscribe for $5 a month, and get access to all of these player profiles that I use here. He grades out really well, just really, really well in every statistical category, pretty much in terms of playmaking. His assists for his position per 75 possessions grades out as an A- in the 86th percentile. For for every 100 passes he makes, there's 19.7. So let's round up and call it 20 potential assists there. That's a really high number. That puts him in the 82nd percentile. When you look at his passing efficiency, that's the worst part of his overall passing game. So he makes some bad passes here and there. But if he can cut those down just a little bit, his passing and his playmaking is going to rise. So it's really tied to the turnovers. But when you look at the versatility and the creation quality as creation quality grades out as an A for him, 98th percentile. And basically it's just trying to see, are you creating looks and making assists that are for threes and looks at the rim? So are you kicking out to three point shooters and are you getting the ball down low to your bigs for an easy score at the basket? And he does both of those things incredibly, incredibly well. And I think that shows that he can do this. The versatility score that they give him, as I've kind of dove into this, this pulls a lot of the tracking data to see where the assists that he dishes out are. Are they long passes? Are they only short passes? Are they only dump offs? Are they only one type? He has a very well-rounded passing game where he can make most of what you're looking to him to try and make in terms of passes. So he easily could take a small step up. I don't think you want to throw too much on his shoulders of running the offense through him and being the you know, point guard in a way in the front court. But you can do some of this, a la Ben Simmons, I think, a little bit to a degree, not nearly as good as that. It might take a year or two for him to really kind of grow into this role. But all of the tools and the talent is there. And when you look at all of that 
and you reduce some of the time that Lonzo is going to be on the ball, give a little bit of that to Brandon Ingram, that's going to make the offense just better. It seems like Ingram's skill set is better suited to the playmaking duties that you're going to want in there. Can he be a full-time creator? Like, no. Can he be a secondary creator? He's not there yet, but he can get there. And Stan Van Gundy probably has seen this. And so one of the things, other than all the defensive stuff that he needs to work on with everybody, which we will touch on at some point next week, is getting Brandon Ingram to be a more well-rounded passer, even though he's pretty good at that already, and trying to design a half-court offense that runs through him, not someone else, but through Brandon Ingram. And if you do that, the Pelicans should be significantly improved in half-court offense, which is just going to make them an overall better team because that's an area they struggled next uh, last season. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Don't forget, go to Built Go. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off your next order. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Don't forget, subscribe to the show. We're going to be talking Drew Holiday, Zion Williamson next week, probably on Monday as well. Trade Target Tuesday. We'll be diving more into Stan Van Gundy's adjustments. We'll look at some of the defensive things that he focuses on as well. A whole lot more to come. That's not even talking about the draft and free agency either. So thank you all for listening. I'll be back with you all next week.